section sixty of the world war this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world story volume fifteen the world war edited by horatio w dresser section sixty the heligoland action nineteen fourteen by w mcneil dixon heligoland is a small german island in the north sea thirty-five miles off the coast of schleswig-holstein it contains only about one-fifth of a square mile but is strongly fortified and is very important as a naval base in eighteen o seven the island was occupied by the british and was officially ceded to great britain by denmark in eighteen fourteen through a treaty with germany in eighteen ninety the island became a german possession in exchange for zanzibar this transaction which took place while lord salisbury was premier now appears to have been one of the colossal mistakes of history during the present war Legoland has more than once served as a convenient base for sudden raids on the part of german cruisers the first action between british and german warships in the vicinity of the island occurred august twenty eighth nineteen fourteen the british ships sank two german cruisers set fire to a third and sank two torpedo boats the editor with her grand fleet sentenced to inactivity within its canals and landlocked harbors her merchant navy captured or driven from the seas over half a million tons of german shipping was captured in the first month of hostilities in two months over a million tons germany was already in evil case samoa taken by the new zealand expedition and new pomeran in the bismarck archipelago by an australian were early lost to her the wireless stations in togoland southwest africa the caroline islands in the pacific and german new guinea all went the way of her stricken raiders in august nineteen fourteen germany had numerous fast vessels on the ocean routes but she could not maintain them like the hundred-handed giant of the old fables the british navy bestriding the world destroyed them in their far separated hunting grounds kaiser wilhelm der gross was the first victim sunk by high flyer off the cape verde islands on august thirtieth nineteen fourteen next cap trafalgar after a duel with carmania went down in the south atlantic on september fourteenth spreewald was captured in the same month by berwick in the north atlantic then it was emden's turn by far the most successful raider whose skilful handling under von muller aroused considerable admiration in britain the kaiser had just dispatched his congratulations to the town of emden on its godchild in the indian ocean when the end came and she was battered to a wreck by sydney off the cocos keelings on november tenth on december eighth von spee's powerful squadron ran into sturdy at the falklands and that day's fighting disposed of scharnhorst Neisnau, nurnberg and leipzig on march fourteenth of the following year dresden was destroyed off juan fernandez by canton glasgow prince idol frederick no longer able to keep the seas retired to newport news and was interned there on april eighth karlsruhe's fate remains unknown she vanished possibly in a storm and ceased to trouble the world's commerce Kernigsberg ran and hid herself amid the trees of a tropical african forest but perished there 
in the rufiji river under the guns of monitors on july eleventh nineteen fifteen and the game was at an end soon too since the fatherland could send them no assistance the greater german colonies began to fall like ripe fruit from the shaken tree after the falklands battle the gure de course collapsed and before five months were over germany's zone of naval warfare was restricted to the baltic and the north sea except for the operation of submarines here and there in bursts of brief activity in this early part of the war she had however one great and startling success against war vessels which brought sharply to the attention of britain and the world in general the destructive power of this venomous type of craft a single submarine under von vettingen disposed within half an hour of the cruisers abukur hogue and cressy ships of considerable value though somewhat old and slow the policy of patrolling a submarine area with such vessels was of course a mistake for which britain paid dearly she learned her lesson however or rather lessons that patrol work should be conducted with small swift craft that ships in the vicinity must not slow down for the sake of rescue as cressy and hogue did an act prompted indeed by humanity but indefensible in modern war and that the submarine must be seriously reckoned with in all future operations no comparable success was ever again achieved neutrals too now began to suffer from the hidden dangers of warfare in the new and stealthy style dutch and danish vessels were early sunk by mines in the north sea the first american ship in the melancholy list being evelyn of three thousand tons off borkham a few shots were exchanged in the early weeks between destroyers then on august twenty eighth the certain liveliness announced by the british admiralty culminated in a pretty little engagement off the north of Helgoland, and at times within sight of its defences Helgoland, ceded by lord salisbury to germany has been converted by that power to important naval ends heavily fortified at a cost of ten million pounds and armed with eleven-inch guns it thrusts a threatening wedge deep into the north sea protects the wet triangle behind which lie the chief german naval ports provides useful shelter an anchorage for warships a harbour or base for submarines destroyers or zeppelins and a telegraphic outpost for signals the bight itself forms a channel about eighteen miles in width through which lies the course for vessels from the elbe bound to the north in this area the british admiral arranged a rendezvous picture the saucy arethusa stealing through the haze with her grey sea-dogs the destroyers in attendance darker patches appear in the mist cruisers destroyers enemy or british a few moments observation and the guns open fire when the range reached the two thousand yards mark the forward six-inch gun of the british cruiser spoke says one who was there a short sharp crack that hurt the ears followed by the duller boom of the bursting shell it was a fitting beginning for the inferno of noise that immediately followed it was a fight in the dark where no man could see how his brother fared and when it was only just possible to make out the opposing grey shadow and hammer 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 at it till the eyes ached and smarted and the breath whistled through lips parched with the acrid stifling fumes of picric acid another german cruiser came up and ranging by her partner added to the rain of shells bursting around and upon the struggling arethusa till with all save one of her guns silenced she stood out of the fight for a moment to regain breath neither of the enemy's cruisers followed for both had had all they wanted fifty-five strenuous minutes then with the wreckage cleared away the wounded carried below and her guns again fit for action 
the arethusa came back for more into the haze she steamed seeking her old opponents found them and redoubled her previous efforts a very few minutes sufficed this time one of the cruisers burst into flame the other was visibly sinking to understand such an affair as this we must have some acquaintance with the aims and plans of the attacking squadron naturally however the british admiralty has not disclosed them but one perceives clearly enough that something in the nature of a raid or reconnaissance in force was intended whereby enemy light cruisers and destroyers scouting in the neighbourhood of elegoland might be cut off from their base and destroyed if supported by heavier vessels speeding to their rescue sir david beatty's battle cruisers were prepared to deal with them these tactics old as the game of war itself obtrude themselves in every phase of the north sea operations german and english you bait your trap with a small vessel or two a larger squadron in wait to pounce upon pursuers the enemy reinforces or retires and the opening moves may or may not lead to a decisive action fought in thick weather and over a wide expanse of water the Helegoland battle resolved itself largely into a series of separate encounters enemy vessels loomed up through the haze were engaged disappeared destroyer met destroyer or cruiser cruiser german submarines attempted unsuccessfully to torpedo the larger ships a confused series of combats ended with the arrival of the great vessels lion invincible new zealand queen mary their high speed the use of the helm and the smooth sea making it easy to avoid the german submarines and the overwhelming force drove the enemy into the nearest shelter we saw the mainz wrote an officer just before she sank though we did not know at the time who she was it was impossible to recognize her as she had only one battered funnel left the stump of one mast and was heavily on fire i also saw the cone sink after being smashed up by the whole battle-cruiser fleet she was a worse wreck than the mainz i think though she was so badly on fire that she was at times almost completely enveloped in smoke the result of the action was the loss to germany of three light cruisers two destroyers and perhaps twelve hundred men the british losses were sixty-nine among the prisoners some hundreds rescued by the british was the son of admiral von tirpitz himself this was the action in which the destroyer liberty thirsting for more than her due share of glory actually dashed under the very forts of legoland to torpedo if fortune held the cruisers lying in the harbour under the eleven-inch guns the shells fired at her might have sunk a fleet when only one torpedo was left and one round of ammunition she thought it time to come away as she swept round a shell killed her commander and three others but the lieutenant took charge and brought her proudly home thus men to-day shame the heroes of the ancient tales this smart and dashing little action in the dim weather illustrates many of the features of modern naval warfare fought at the utmost speed of the vessels engaged at perhaps the distance of a couple of miles or if between larger ships of as much as eight or ten to find and keep the range in a modern engagement provides a dozen problems your first shot falls short and to the right you lengthen and correct and your second goes too far or to the left but you have your bracket and the third or fourth should find the target unhappily a turn of the wheel and the enemy shears to port or starboard altering her distance and the range has again to be found these darting shapes moving with the rapidity of fast trains have no mind to be caught and held under fire constant zigzagging under fire turning away that is a point or perhaps two points when the enemy has found the range is now a feature of all naval engagements remember too that the gun is laid upon a swinging platform which in the chopper roll of the sea dances with its motion 
and that to spot the shell it splashed if shorter over amid the surf churned by the wind and the opposing vessel's speed into perpetual foam is as essential as to discharge it with spray and smoke or both the gunner has constantly to contend if the position to leeward of the enemy's line gives the advantage that gun laying is not interfered with by your own smoke something of a balance is established by the inconvenience from which the weather position is free of continual driving spray which obscures the gun sights armchair gunnery is simpler advantage of time and place and all martial action said drake is half victory that half victory has in almost every engagement between the rival fleets lain with the germans in the bight of heligoland as off the jutland bank the british ships fought far from their bases in enemy waters and exposed to special dangers their antagonists within sight one might say of their permanent defences a port under one's lee is a great encouragement to face the gale but the british navy always fights off the enemy's coast no one can blame the german caution nor the policy upon which it rests for what alternative is open to the weaker power germany still adheres to the doctrine of a fleet in being that is an alert and threatening fleet which though it may never strike keeps the weapon uplifted and by its very menace if it cannot destroy can at least impede constrain and distract from other purposes the enemy's superior but fettered forces End of section 60